What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Geek Burrito, where we throw together all of your favorite geeky entities into one tasty, scrumptious package. And this week is kicks off our holiday specials. I am the Grey Talon. And I'm Halloween Queen T. So, like I said, we are going to kick off the festive season because, you know, you see it in the stores now. You can't escape it. You know, it was in there, what, before Halloween? We saw <laughs> we saw Christmas decorations in the stores. Can't, Wait, can't hold on. Give it. it. Yeah, hold on. Wait, Santa's coming. Santa's He's coming. <laughs> He's coming. He was coming ever since July, man. Ever since I saw my fucking CVS with all those freaking Christmas trees and wreaths and Christmas cards. But anyway, we're going to do our favorite classic Christmas movies and holiday fan favorites here. We're going to just do movie re- reviews for the next few weeks. And what are we starting with? I don't even know. What are we? Where are we? We are going to start with what's considered, I guess, a classic, which is Home Alone, the first one, obviously. Yay. Yes. Yeah. Very so, much so. So for the next, as, as uh, Great Talent had mentioned, uh, for the next couple episodes of us doing these reviews, we got together. We hung out, okay, in, in, the, in the art form of uh, giving you uh, opinion and, and critique. Yeah, we we figured if we're gonna start off, I think Home Alone is a good starter, a starting point, in my opinion. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you, you can't really go wrong with Home Alone. It's a family uh, friendly film. Has some a little bit of a deep psychological breakdowns. We'll get to that later. But um, it's I think it's great. It's and and it's scored by one of the most legendary composers of all time, John Williams. So you can't really. It's the complete package, folks. It's, it's a always package. a complete package with you. <laughs> always a complete package when you got John Williams involved. Anything with John Williams, the legend right there, who fucking scored Star Wars, Superman, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, for God's sakes. And he's now he's man. home alone. Yes, and, and he, then he comes home to home alone. So I don't know how John Hughes got John, the legend, but oh, God bless him. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was blackmail. He had to do it for him or some shit. <laughs> I mean, it was the early 90s. He had nothing else going on. Star Wars was, was starting to die down after the 80s. So he's like, oh, so what do you got? He's like, all right, I'm just going to start with a little bit of... Da, 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 da. <laughs> maybe we could try to put a little snip clip there and hopefully not get oh, arrested maybe. by John Williams. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. If anybody, it would be fucking Disney because now they own Home Alone. Huh, that's right. Oh, oh my. Of course, they, again, full circle, own everything. Oh. And uh, apologies in advance. I'm a little old school. I took my notes on my Lisa Frank uh, pony <laughs> um, notebook tonight. So. So yeah, that's okay. I, I these notes, yeah, we, we hung out in person, like that traditional art form of actually meeting up in the put in face to face. You know, that's spending not done. quality time yes. with your friends and family. Exactly. That's unheard of in 2019, apparently. But yeah, no, we met up, we hung out. You know, Halloween Queen gave me some loose leaf. I transferred my notes from loose leaf paper, like I was back in school. Like it was fucking homework. Yes, like it was fucking homework projects and shit we were working on. It was great. But I made my notes transferred onto the computer. You still have your notes, you, you said, on your phone or your, your, your Lisa Frank diary. Anne uh, Frank? Frank diary. The Anne Frank Anne diary. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> you got your Anne Frank going. That's great. All right. So basically, folks, what we're going to do for you is we're going to just run down the movie from start to finish and just make little comments in, in between. We're not going to like read the whole fucking plot, but we're just going to like keynotes from the start to finish in order of, of sequence of kind of like what it happens. Is that right? what we're going to do? Pretty yeah. much. We're, we're pretty much doing a movie review. And yes. I feel like at this point, uh, that's a movie that everyone must have seen on fucking free form or whatever channel at this point. So, right. you know, feel, feel free to agree with what we say. We might make fun of some things. We might not like some things. We might love some things. So we're just going to review the movie as if no one has ever seen it, but I'm sure you have. 
And if if it is wasn't self-explanatory and Halloween Queens mentioning is spoilers ahead. So if you really <laughs> care always. about spoilers uh, for this movie that's thirty something years old, so um, I'm sorry. Actually, it's gonna be thirty next year. I think it came out in 1990. So yeah, thirty year old movie. So. All right, so like I said before, we had John Williams scoring the music in the opening credits, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Then, uh, it, this, like I said, mentioned also John Hughes was the he, characters created by John Hughes, who, if you guys don't know who John Hughes is, he did The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think he did 16 Candles, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. He did, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. He did. So He did everything in the 80s. I think any cult classic or any <laughs> known movie, John Hughes was behind everything. Yeah, no, John Hughes is a fucking legend. Like, he... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he died too, doesn't he? I think he died in. Uh... I I don't know, and I don't want to have to go spot check everything after this episode. <laughs> Quiz for you folks: find out if John Hughes is still kicking it. So, <laughs> anyway, so all right, so the story follows Kevin McAllister. A little, I think he's eight years old in this movie. I want to say, I, I think. think it follows little eight-year-old Kevin McAllister as he lives in the only mansion-sized home in their Illinois home. Because <laughs> this fucking house is huge, right? It's like. How many fucking people live in this house? It's ridiculous. Wait, I have it in the notes. 15 okay. people. 15? I was like thinking more like 50. I'm a little disappointed now. Yeah, 15 wow. people. And what's amazing is, you know, when you're a kid and you're watching this, you're like, okay, all right, whatever. As an adult, you're, and I've seen a meme of this. It's very fucking true. You're like, how much did this man's mortgage cost? What does he do for a living? How you does this know. Right. He, they never say what the, even in both movies, I don't think they ever say what the dad does or the mom does. No. Right? They're just career. No parents but uh, i did read a, a a dark theory saying that kevin's dad was a mobster <laughs> a mobster i mean that would yeah. explain everything yeah either you're a mobster or a movie star or a fucking athlete that's pretty much it or a movie he's star just, he's a businessman he's clearly not working at your local applebee's he's doing something though <laughs> he's doing something it could be on the black market folks just keep yeah. that in mind so anyway then enter harry played as uh who's he oh joe, joe pesci's harry right harry and marv marv is daniel joe stern Fish. so yep. yeah yeah the joe. <laughs> Harry is disguised, one of the wet bandits named Harry is disguised himself as a cop, so he enters the McAllister home, and he's trying to find out where the fuck the parents are, like a needle in a haystack, because apparently in this estate, you know, they're in like this fucking housing unit for strays run by foster parents, harder to find than fucking Waldo. Nobody knows what his parents are. What the fuck is happening? No, no, you know, and, he, and he's wearing his Party City uh, Romantic Depot, <laughs> I dress up as a cop type of, you know, situation. You know, he's he's, uh. he's playing, a, he's a little decoy, trying to figure out like the families in the neighborhood because obviously what we're going to learn spoiler is that harry is uh he's a he's a he's a house uh burglar so obviously you know he's trying to he's trying to talk to somebody and all you see is these fucking kids running around you're right nice. and the aunt the uncle the fucking the, the pet dog the rats behind the wall like just everyone's running around but he knows like and the, you would think that someone would actually take notice of this policeman in the house going holy shit the law is here who fucked up? Like, are we all going to go to jail? Like, I would be thinking that because I'm, I'm just fucking paranoid, I guess. I well, mean, hold I on. If, now, going back to the dark, like, the dark web, not dark web, that, 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 that's a whole other level. Sorry. When you go back to the, to, to the, to the, like, uh, dark theories, um, they do indicate, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Kevin's dad. I don't know what his name is in the movie. But um, at one point, he says to, to Harry, he goes, am I under arrest or something? Oh, so he's like, are you yeah, in the uh-huh. mo- Who asked? Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Clue number one. <laughs> that's the first thing he did ask. He said, am I under arrest? Like, he was just like at the puzzled look. Yes, that's right. He was like, hey, hey, am I under arrest or something? Like, meanwhile, Harry, <laughs> Joe Pesci's been in every fucking mob movie known to man in like the 80s. So, that's true. yeah, that's, uh, that's the irony of it all. 
But anyway, uh, fast forward. So then, then he finally he, he just wanted to what he what he do? He just wanted to inform the parents that there's a lot of burglaries, hinty mm-hmm. hint in the area. So we're just checking on all the houses, make sure you get your alarms. Just I guess I fish around, like try and see what kind of alarm mm-hmm. systems they had. So you, you anyway. You want to see yeah. what their, you know, what their system is. And if you remember, his dad even says, oh, yeah, like we have the lights that turn on. We have this. It's as safe as you can be nowadays. Obviously, this is pre-ring days. So this was when, you know, you fucking had a timer on your lights. And, right. you know, back in the good old days of you know, no security, I guess. Exactly. But whatever fucking system he has, apparently they figure out how to manipulate it. They don't go into detail about that. But, you know, I would have been more interesting to see how they got past their alarm. But right. apparently <laughs> that was never addressed. But, yeah. So anyway, next up we enter. So and then uh, there's Kevin has like, uh, does he only have a brother? Because all the other people are just like cousins and shit, right? Am I not no, mistaken? No, I think that some of them. No, he he had a couple. I think the the guy, the, excuse me, the kid from Pete and Pete, I believe, is also his brother. I believe. Okay. Um, oh right, right. Okay. I don't. I, I don't know. You know what? We're gonna have to fact check some things after this. Yeah. Episode. Sorry, folks. We're just kind of like we have our notes, but at the same time, we didn't go in too in depth with this. But because we didn't want this to be like three hours just analyzing fucking Home Alone. But uh, so, yeah, so Kevin has a rivalry with his older brother, Buzz, who kind of to me looks like a younger and huskier ginger carrot top. Like he's kind of just, you know, he's kind of like he's kind of like he's a brawler, you know? Yeah. He just looks like your typical bully. Like it's just he clearly looks a certain type of way. And then Buzz starts talking about the South, the South Bend uh, shovel slayer, which is his neighbor who right. I think you refer to him as old Abe Lincoln. When you were here, <laughs> he is old Abe Lincoln. If you look at him, he looks like an old man. Lincoln. like if Lincoln would have lived to like 75, 80, that would have been him. <laughs> yeah. And you see, you see the old man shoveling and, and Buzz is telling him some fucking cockamine story about like, you know, the salt from the, uh, from their bodies and, uh, you know, laying out the salt. It just, again, it got out of hand, but yeah, whatever. No, it really did. So now Kevin's just freaked out about this fucking old man Lincoln. He's like, he's going to fucking kill him in his sleep with the shovel and shit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then also they order um they order the pizza like the whole like thing where the vehicle drives up and fucking knocks over the lawn ornament that kind of just always happens <laughs> yeah every every time someone drives up to this fucking estate we're going to call it an estate they always knock over the lawn ornament that becomes a staple in it's even in like the this movie and the second one no it's just in this movie right oh no it's in the second movie that lawn is ornament is just it's I it's totally like a gimmick oh yes it is that's yes, it is in the yeah. beginning yes yes i remember oh, yeah. now we just fucking watched the movie and I'm just having a fucking senior moment, but that's it's, fine. It's fine. <laughs> but then I noticed on the car, I, I made a note that it said little Nero's, which I assume it's supposed to be a ripoff of like little Caesars. Right. Uh, it says delivers in 20 minutes or you don't pay. And because I'm very economical and cheap, I guess is what we'll call it. But <laughs> it had cost $122 and 50 cents for the pizza with an array of toppings. So when the wow. kid shows up delivering the pizza to the, you know, 50 million family members, he's like one twenty two fifty, And he's trying to get somebody to even pay for the pizza and nobody knows what the fuck is going on right no one's paying the fucking kid he's just standing there next to joe fish as we call him <laughs> and he's confused and he's not getting paid but point is 122.50 for like 10 pies is actually pretty uh pretty reasonable to me <laughs> for well, back pizza. in 1990 yes and, and it wasn't it was it wasn't new york city it was where's chicago right they're in illinois yeah. now as for the midwest that's pretty pretty fucking good i guess in 1990 well actually but, yeah. Now that you said it wasn't a deep dish pizza, if it was Chicago, it was, it was like dish. New York looking pizza. Yeah. yeah. Well, then again, they probably just didn't. Well, it wasn't deep dish. I think it was just regular pie. It was. was. It deep no, I don't think it was, it was not pizza. deep dish. Folks out there, Chicago, if you're listening, go find know. out if it's deep dish pizza or not for us. It was we definitely apparently... not. It <laughs> I don't like think it was. Pizza. 
It looked like regular pizza. But anyway, so they're still having dinner. They're running around. Joe Pesci's still there, whatever. Harry's still there trying to – and and you brought up a great point. Little Nero's delivers in 20 minutes or less. He's still trying to figure out how to get paid. That's got to be fucking TikTok, right? That's, that's, the clock is ticking. Well, no, I you know? think that it, the pizza was in hand. I think once right. you arrived, the, the timer is done. I oh, hope. I see. So he's in the home. The timer stops. Yeah. Now it's well, on the fucking. He's yeah. there. He del- he delivered the pizza. It's just not yeah. his fault that these, that this family's just like, uh, he they're not even noticing. There's a a man standing there with pizza and he has to get paid. Oh well, the uncle does. T- if you realize, he doesn't pay the kid and then he just takes all the pizzas. Like yeah, yeah, my brother's got it and walks. Yeah, away oh, we're gonna get to Uncle Frank, folks. Don't worry, we're gonna get to Uncle Frank, because Uncle Frank is an asshole. Very <laughs> much so. But anyway, so a little other little fact in between. Kevin's younger cousin, the one with the glasses, drinking the fucking Coke, the product placement shit, the Pepsi or the Coke. Uh, he's played by Macaulay Culkin's real-life brother named Kiernan, I think. Kiernan Culkin. Isn't that uh, – words are hard. Wasn't the character's <laughs> name Fuller, like it's the one who pees in the bed? Yeah, it's named Fuller, like he's yeah. always full of piss. Always full of piss. <laughs> <laughs> always full of that liquid, so – Anyway, right, so, so they get the yeah. pizza. Okay, right. so they get they get the pizza. Buzz is taunting uh, Kevin by eating his pizza. So you know, here's the big uh, plateau. So uh, Kevin tackles you know, uh, Buzz, the bully, ruins the dinner, spills the soda, mass hysteria, where the entire fifty right. people it wasn't fifty people in the house stops. Oh, it's fifty to me <laughs> <laughs> to glare and put Kevin down. Um, who's the black sheep of the family? So mind you, during that scene, what you realize is you see that Kevin's boarding pass is tossed into the garbage in the mass hysteria. By the way, um, uh, so you notice like because they de- definitely connected the dots to make sure that you knew that this was gonna like it was gonna be a mistake in the making. You know, I really didn't put, put those two pieces together when they got to the airport later on when we, when we run it down. Uh, they were like, oh, you know, I don't have my boarding pass. I didn't know that they could fell mm-hmm. into the garbage. Yeah, when you see it hit the garbage, it actually has his name on it, Kevin. So when his father is wiping it up, you see his boarding pass go in the, in the garbage. Oh, okay. See, now it may see back when I was younger and watched this film, I didn't even put that. I was just so worried about watching the fucking spill everything and everybody get mad at him. I never, you know, put that. Oh, it's interesting. The more you know. Yeah, and then Pete from Pete, <laughs> Pete from Pete and Pete, exactly. That's how I was referring <laughs> to him. Calls him a disease. Uh, Kevin may be the black sheep of the family, but makes up for it with wit and tactical cunning of a 52-year-old season war vet like Rambo. Yes. Okay, so we'll obviously, you'll spoiler alert, we'll see why that comes into play. Yes, you're going to be like, well, why is he Rambo? He's fuck murdering anybody. Uh, it comes very close, folks. It comes very close. <laughs> so he goes back and forth with the mom. The mom punches him, sends him upstairs to his room. With, well, not his room, into to the attic because he didn't want to sleep with Fuller downstairs. So, you know, he's up in the attic. Punished. Right. He's punished. He's all like, hey, like just fucking on his little bed mm-hmm. in the attic. It's all huffing and puffing. And then like his mother tries to come up and console him. And just, he's just like, no, I just want all of you to like disappear. And she goes, oh, be casual, careful what you wish for. And uh, yeah, spoiler alert. That's uh, kind of <laughs> what sort of happens. But yeah. But yeah, anyway, so getting back to Uncle Frank. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Frank, the brother of uh, Kevin's father, the richest guy in Illinois. He apparently is the polar opposite of his brother. Uncle Frank is the cheapskate of the century that makes fucking Fred Mertz from I Love Lucy look like Daddy Warbucks. So 
Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> very, very much. If if you've ever seen like a leech, it, his uncle definitely uh he doesn't pay for anything. And we'll get we'll get into some other details which prove that he's a fucking psychopath as we continue on. <laughs> oh yeah, he is just there's more than a few screws loose, and that, that that guy is already at the picnic. He's at the sandwiches and everything. He's <laughs> he's fucking gone, folks. But yeah, so then the next scene uh that had takes place there in the morning. Now that the, the night before, don't they like the alarm clock gets unplugged? That's another staple, like it always gets unplugged the alarm so clock. if you know in, in the at that part the there's a storm it's obviously chicago wind a tree hits the power lines and the power goes out for the block but then it i guess it just everything comes back up so you see right. that the alarm clock sets back at you know when your alarm clock sets at 12 and it blinks right. once right. it gets turned back on mm-hmm. because you notice in the next morning when the the airline uh van picks up when they're there you notice that the power lines are being fixed by con ed so right. you notice, like, again, everything's coming into full play about how we're going to set up Kevin being home alone. And uh, you see once they show up at 80801 on uh-huh. the dot, yep. the mass hysteria of, oh, my God, we, we overslept. Ah, and they're running around with the fucking music again. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, by the that way, happens. because this. This was also not part of, of part of our notes, but you notice a nosy neighbor across the street comes over who I guess kind of looks like Kevin must be around his his height, his size. Right. And um, as they're doing a head count to make sure everyone is there, they're not obviously they're Again, the family's fucking oblivious as shit. They're doing a head count and they count this kid as if it were Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, they count him. They don't even know. Like, this is the most oblivious family yeah. <laughs> in the fucking Midwest, I think. I think because every, they are just so self-absorbed and i know people can be selfish like myself included at times but these people are so fucking self-absorbed they mm-hmm. just make me want to fucking punch them like every single one of them even the women <laughs> fucking All just of slap them. Them. No, none yeah. of none of them are safe they are the worst family ever that's what we've learned about this movie <laughs> yeah absolutely that's one of the themes in like both of these movies like <laughs> but yeah so, oh, yeah. so then so yeah then we're at the airport so yeah go ahead with the airport the airport part. So yeah, they're at the airport and they're going to catch their flight. You know, they're trying to catch their flight and whatever. So they just kind of all get on the plane. They think that Kevin's Kevin's there apparently. Oh, and then oh, wait, 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 hold on before I let you go. If you remember with the, with the, again, setting it up, they happen to hit the fucking, the, the stewardess woman, whatever the ticket taker. And they, all of the tickets of the entire family ends up on the floor, which again, you're not going to notice that if there's a ticket missing. Yes, because they all, that's right, they all run, they were running, running like Rudolph, like the song was playing, they were running to the, the fucking, uh, the stewardess, the hostess, right into her, crash into her, they go flying everywhere, she's like, alright, the plane's about to fucking take off, you fucked me up, so let me, just, just get on the plane, you asshole, just get on, and, and everybody mind you, gets the, on. the yeah. adults were all in first class, did you notice that, including Uncle Frank? Oh, of course, because like I said, this, like you said, before, this guy's a fucking mobster. He's a fuck. He's on the black market. He's selling like fucking. He's selling like fetuses or something or some shit. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> he's selling part. something. I was gonna say the best part, Uncle Frank. Once they get to first class, you know they're giving out champagne. He's like, "Is this free? I'll have them. Can I have this?" And he starts asking for all this shit. <laughs> yes, he's like, "Oh, my brother paid for the pizza. My brother paid for the flight. My brother pays for my fucking like medical bills. My brother pays for my fucking mortgage. Why not?" Because, oh my God, Uncle Frank, you are just terrible, El Terrible. <laughs> So yeah, so then they're they're on the fucking flight and they're in the middle of in midair and then like the mother thinks like there's something wrong and she's like I got the intuition that something's wrong and, and she thinks they thinks that oh you maybe you left the stove on and she's like oh, I don't yeah. know you know and then she screams Kevin and then realizes 
that she fucking left her kid, you know, 3,000 miles away. Where the fuck they're, they're going? Where were they going? They were going to France, right? They were going to France, yeah. And what's funny, too, about that entire thing is that the dad is like, you know what it is? I left the garage door open. That's what it is. And she's like, no, uh, that's not it. But when she realizes it, I think as the viewer, you're just like, wow, you're the worst mom ever. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, at this throughout the whole movie, from the moment they do the miscount with the next door neighbor mm -hmm. and they count him in, you're like, holy shit, this is really going to happen. You're really going to leave your fucking child, probably yeah. your youngest child, home alone. But that's okay, because flashback to Kevin, who's just realizing his family's gone, he says to himself, I made my family disappear, and then he repeats it, I made my family disappear, and then he just fucking, he's thrilled. He's yeah. thrilled. He hates his family as much as the viewers do, <laughs> and he's like, fuck them. Yeah. I'm alone. Love being alone. He's not terrified by anything except for the fucking furnace because he thinks it's going to eat him for some reason uh, the only thing that's just like only that's just like for kryptonite this is a fucking well, it's like, it's like a monster remember when you were yeah. a kid if there's like a loud noise and it looks like a monster and it says his fucking name and whatever yeah. but it's okay because kevin's jumping up and down on his parents bed he's yeah. doing like all this shit you could do when your parents are around he's fucking jerking off on the walls i don't know what the fuck <laughs> he's doing he's doing everything he's always looking through his fucking buzz's secret stash with the playboys yeah. and he's disgusted at the overt nudity because he's going to be asexual when he grows up you know apparently or he's going to be <laughs> something he's got then he gets the firecrack which comes into play later and he find a pics of his brother's transvestite girlfriend who's <laughs> you didn't just say he's the director's son or some shit the, the yeah, girlfriend? So, again by the way people i apologize i have a lot of useless facts that i knew and not for this fucking episode i just know because i love home alone but <laughs> uh the director's son um had played buzz's girlfriend in that photo because the director was really cautious enough to say i don't want to have a little girl who maybe not be like pretty uh be scarred for the rest of her life as if we're making fun of her so he asked right, his son yeah. to do it which i think was pretty awesome <laughs> i mean it's pretty cool i mean you're thinking of like you know little girls and like how they're gonna grow up with that that's fucking cool and all that's just it's just funny but when you look at the picture you're like oh, that's obviously a dude if that's not a dude that is a very unfortunate looking girl <laughs> <laughs> it's all good yeah but so yeah so then and yeah you know, like kevin's like you say he's eating fucking ice cream he's watching mm -hmm. those james cagney like gangster black and white movies which i honestly now all right this is a confession time i honestly thought when i was younger watching home alone i thought those scenes of the gangster movies were real gangster movies. i didn't know they recorded them just for the movie did not I know that i think everybody uh, thought that so the movie what they called it was angels with filthy souls that was the name of the fake movie within the movie and they worked incredibly hard i, I read an entire uh, thread about it online about how they purposely wanted to kind of fool people to look like a legit movie in a movie well they did they fooled me for fucking 20 something years because i yeah. thought up until like what was it? Not when we watched it. I think it was like the time, like maybe when I was in my mid twenties, last time I watched it before we watched it together, I was like, wow. I said, that's not real. I felt like I found out Santa wasn't real. I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> oh it man. was, it was perfect. I think everyone would have wanted a real movie out of that actually. Yeah. But that would have been fucking great. Um, but yeah, no, this comes into, into play later on because a lot of those lines that they say, the memorable quotes, like keep the change you filthy animal. And, uh, mm -hmm. You know, other other shit that he says, I'm gonna pump you full of lead, all that shit, I'm gonna give you the count of three. That comes into line later down. We we, we get we'll get to that later, but yeah. So what's next? Oh wait a minute. Actually, yeah. hold on, hold on. We I, I just realized the the lineup of this. He didn't okay, the mom didn't realize that Kevin was missing until that part. I just realized that. So when yeah. he does the keep the change of filthy animal, he screams mom. And when she's on the plane, that's when she does the, I feel like something's wrong. So it actually happened a little bit later. It looks like. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry about that folks. Yeah. Sorry. I'm jumping ahead. That's okay. Yeah. So then she screams Kevin on the plane and realizes, Hey, yeah, I'm kind of a fucking shitty mom. And then, uh, then we go back to Kevin, right? 
Oh, wait. Actually, no. We're going to go to Uncle Frank. Hold on. I have to add oh, right. this to Oh, we got to add Uncle Frank. So after she realizes she's the worst person ever, Uncle Frank tells Kate, that's that's Kevin's mom, uh, the name, uh, yeah. that he understands her pain exactly because he forgot his reading glasses. So he, he understands. <laughs> <laughs> He's not only the biggest fucking cheapskate in the world, he is a fucking douchebag on top of it. He so. has no empathy. He just compared uh, a small boy to reading glasses. So Because, you know, you can't have one. They're on the same level, apparently. You can't have one without the other. I mean, shit. Seeing is more I guess more he's important. trying. He's trying, I guess. Not really, but, you know. No, he's, he's trying to console, but in a way you're coming off like a fucking douche, but that's fine. That's fine. Uncle yep. Frank, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah. Then we go back to Kevin, who's like, he's having a blast. Now he's fucking sleigh riding inside the house, down steps. Just right out the fucking door. He keeps, he opens the front door. <laughs> I would like to see this actually happen on, this is what we end up on fucking America's Funniest Home Videos. I, I just, all going wrong, just fucking down the stairs. It would not go as smoothly as it did, though. Didn't it go too smoothly? Like, he just went down and then out. Without... If you looked at the lineup, the fucking stairs does not match the front door. So he would have went straight <laughs> through a wall, actually. Yes, you would have made magic. It's movie yes, magic. Uh, movie fucking magic. And then he's fucking, he's walking around half naked, eating junk food. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking, yeah, he's wearing a towel half the movie. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. So I just fucking singing Frank Sinatra. And then Now, this is what bothers me, too. When that whole staple of him putting the aftershave on and screaming because it burns... Yeah, he has no fucking hair other than this, what's on his fucking head. Where is the aggravation? Where is the irritation coming from? He has to scream like that, right? Well, I don't, I don't. So, so I'm not, I'm not a man, so I don't know how aftershave works. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe, maybe uh, that's just maybe like what his dad does. So he was replicating it. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's like a rule of oh. thumb: if you guys shave, is that what happens? I don't know. No, I mean, because you know, whenever I shave, and even nowadays, I have the aftershave that I put on the like the burning. I put on the burning, then I put on the cooling one. And the burning one I put on, when I put on parts that touch the skin, that that there is no like hair on there, and it, I don't feel anything. But the other parts, yeah, you'll get a little bit of a like a burn. But it's just like I don't know. I just when you're a kid, you don't think about it. But now as an adult, you're thinking about every little fucking nook and cranny. And yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so. Where okay. are we now? So, oh, yeah, we, we forgot about the bandits. Oh, we yeah, wait, sir. I have, I have notes that Harry and Marv, they're counting down the automatic timers of the neighborhood. So this is it, actually during the nighttime when they were counting it down. So I have the notes that they make their way to the McAllister compound by trying to break into the basement. Actually, wait, see, I don't know if I'm skipping around. Um, no, wait, hold on. See, no, now no, no, no. Before, before they, they are, they're plotting, they're in their van, they're plotting the B&E plans, the breaking and entering plans, and they yes, say Kevin's yes. house is a prime target since it's like the fucking size of Wayne Manor from Batman. So that's, <laughs> okay. that's pretty much you're, why. You're right. Wait, wait. It's, it's after the town. Okay, sorry. Go ahead yes. with your notes. Okay, I'm corresponding. No, no, no. no. That's okay. That's okay. We're, we're just, we're just, uh, we're freeballing, freestyling here. That's fine. So, yeah. So that happens first. And then I believe. Kev runs, then runs into Old Man Lincoln, who we think is a serial killer. He goes to yeah. the store to buy a toothbrush. He asks the, um, the, the, I almost said his stewardess. He says to the cashier, is this, is this approved by like the dentist association or whatever? And <laughs> uh, that's when he's holding a toothbrush and he sees Old Man Abe Lincoln and he starts walking backwards slowly with the brush because <laughs> he's scared of him and then runs out. And then Jimmy shoplifter and they're chasing him, you know, with his fucking a nine year old with a toothbrush out the store through the town. Yep. No, that's right. Yeah. And because the American Dental Association wasn't around in 1990, apparently. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so I have I think. OK, so I have notes that you don't have. So I think at that point, that must have been the nighttime. Is that when um, 
what you call with the with the van when they're I guess they're in the van and they bump into Kevin on the way. That's after he he runs away from the the old man Lincoln and they chase him. They yeah. actually ask him like, "Where are you going, kid?" And then they like start to slowly following him. He hides in a church, uh, disguises himself as Jedi Moses with the fucking robe and shit. <laughs> Yeah. As as Baby Yoda, no. <laughs> Baby Yoda, yes, Baby Yoda. Hmm. <laughs> Callisters go to France. That's where right. we're missing. Aha. So I fuck have them. To... They suck. Who cares about them? <laughs> the McCallisters, they're in France. Kate essentially uh, displays why France obviously hates Americans because we forget our children. We yep. <laughs> we eat uh-huh. all the shrimp. They're in fucking France watching movies in French because reasons because they're in france and they had a, they don't get an english channel there so she's on the phone trying to figure out if like if a cop can do like a drive-by well, she steals the or... phone if you remember she steals the fucking payphone from the french lady yeah. and is like like she'll call you back later and fucking steals it from her again another yes. another notation why we're the worst people uh, ever yeah. oh yeah absolutely it's a staple for like how bad americans are absolutely mm-hmm. evil Oh yeah, then she calls the crisis center, right? The cops, the cop, the, that guy, yes. The the cop that's chewing the donut that's sitting nicely on the phone throughout the phone call. <laughs> His name is Balzac. <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional. His name is Balzac to kind of say like, yeah, well, police are ball sacks. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe subplot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I know at some point as they're trying to figure out like how they're, you know, um, they're trying to get somebody to go visit the house, and then at one point when they're asking about how. We have to leave France. We have to go back. At one point, the father suggests, what about getting a private plane? I don't know if you caught that. A private plane because this man owns half the fucking state of of Illinois. That's probably, he's like, oh, fuck it. He is Donald Trump, folks. He is just fucking, he can afford anything. uh, Just, I still want to know what the fuck this guy did. Like, I don't know. I don't don't think we're ever going to know. No, but yeah, so he suggests doing that, blah, blah, blah. But then I think it's this point the cop is like, look, we're going to. We're going to send somebody to do a drive-by or some shit, right? Yeah, I think at that point. And uh, the next morning, so nothing happens, but the next morning, um, just from what I have on my notes, so Harry and Marv were burglarizing the neighbor's house when they hear the answer machine go off and it's Kevin's dad calling, stating to call them in Paris. So at this point, Harry and Marv are already doing work around the neighborhood. They follow him. He knows, like, pretty much, like, they're going to, like, so they're surveying all the houses. So he wants to, Kevin wants to make sure that he has a fucking popping house that's loud and obnoxious like it always is. So he puts together a mock up party with, with Xmas music, rocking around the Christmas tree. Yeah. And I don't know where the fuck he gets these cardboard cutouts of Michael Jordan, other well, random was the icons. Room. That I remember. Oh, right. Yes. That was from the brother's room. And I don't know. He's using, he's, he becomes fucking MacGyver because he's using fucking pencils and a string to just fucking get them to start dancing and, you know, doing fucking, and it looks so like, to me, it looks like they're just fucking like, like they're just fucking mannequins, like stiff as a board. Like it's, I don't know, like how that fooled them, but hey, it, it worked. It scared him off for a little while. You have to imagine he's got to be a clever kid because he managed to do this entire house set up in like a short amount of time too, you know? Yeah, very, very, very short amount of time. And just, it's amazing. This kid is like a fucking genius. He's not like eight years old. He's like, like you could tell, like this kid is gifted, and it's he's he's got a little bit of a dark personality too, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But um, so yeah, so after that, in celebration of fooling the bandits, Kev then orders a pizza and mischievously gets out of paying it because he's a little fucking crook by replaying the gangster clips from earlier, like we discussed, mm-hmm. and he runs away scared. And 
Uh, that's when like the gangster movies, he's like, I'm going to give you an account of three to get your yellow, no good stinking carcass off my, off out my door. <laughs> Which fucking, by the way, at yeah. this point, they can't order pizzas from this company anymore. Yeah. It's the same fucking company, right? It's the same fucking kid from the, from the yes. first run around. And I'm just like, this kid is never coming back. And he also left him like a 20 cent tip for this scene. Yeah. It's terrible. And then he just literally... And then in this part in the movie where he's playing really loud, gunshots are going off. And this kid obviously just doesn't think to go to a fucking payphone or neighbors don't hear this going on. They're not calling 911. Like, no. what the fuck? It is, it is like, the... Uh, I was going to say, know. Kevin must be a bad... Not a bad kid, but clearly he's rambunctious, so maybe they just expect it in some way. Like, oh, it's the spoiled McAllister kid again. Look at him. He lit the dog on fire. Look at him. He's doing this. Maybe <laughs> they expect that from him. Spoiled brat. Does what yeah. he wants. Pretty much. Do you know his father's involved in underground <laughs> markets? Like, yeah, you know. So, yeah. And and also, just want to touch on this, too. It's it's ironic to me that Joe Pesci, playing Harry in the movie, is always muttering profanity under his breath. But he is in, like, all the most dirtiest gangster movies, like Goodfellas, Casino, My Cousin Vinny, you know? It's well, just kind of funny. They told him from, again, one of the things I had read, they because okay so apparently joe pesci curses a lot naturally <laughs> like that's just what he does so they they pretty much he had a hard time not cursing out macaulay culkin so they said here's the deal you can you can like react but you have to not say it so he was if you hear fudging he's so he's cursing under his breath and the director said he could do that and he actually does it the best in home alone too like it's probably the best underlying cursing but not really cursing that he does but the director purposely told him to like do that like yeah do, do the Joe Pesci thing, please. He's like, you're freaking, 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 Like, it's just great because you know he's getting out all his rage under his breath and you're just not fucking hearing it because he's muttering. Yeah, so then after that, or hopefully this is this is in the right chronological order, so Marv, played by Daniel Stern, when he goes to check on Kevin's house to enter to see if anyone's home, Kev plays another part of a gangster movie to scare him off. This is the second encounter, I believe, with yes. the wet bandit so then marv thinks it's another fucking burglar when he hears the the clip play that beat them to the punch because it's called see the guy's name is snakes <laughs> yeah he's thinking this he's thinking there's a shootout he runs for the van uh and he tells harry about it he's like somebody beat us to the job and then they're like snakes snakes why is that so familiar snakes i don't think i know any snakes i don't know any snakes why did it have to be snakes you know yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, so now we're guess we're going to go back to the shittiest family in America. So, right? That's the next part? Yeah. So Kate's pleading to, like, uh, I think the, she's at whatever airline. I don't know what the fuck she's doing. She's, she's like, begging this oh, little old lady. Like, yes. please, can you, you know, blah, blah, blah. The to, bottomless to get... pit of funds. Yeah, go ahead. Which, which <laughs> so uh, it's, it sounds like they, they take her up on the offer. And then at that point, we fast forward. So she's at the, Scr like, Scranton, I believe, is where she was. Airline. Yeah. This is when she's introduced to Uncle Buck. But, um. Yep. Yeah, so she's she's trying to get a flight. So at this point, they she came from Paris to America. The closest that she could get to was Scranton, PA. Um, and then that's when she's you know she's playing with the airline. As she needs a flight to Chicago, they can't help. And a man named Gus Polinski, which is John Candy, you know, you know, um, one of my one of our known songs, Poca Poca, the the the, the yeah. Poca. <laughs> He's actually literally talking to her like she should fucking know him and have all his fucking CDs or 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 VHP cassette tapes back then. Well, yeah, whatever it is. So, and and he hears about the dilemma. He tells her that that they have to drive so they're going to rent out a truck and they're heading to milwaukee and since she's on the way that she can go with them very nice man that john candy was a very nice man <laughs> yes take it from us too soon folks <laughs> yeah 
but not you know they're going she's going on a on a road trip with pokemon so that's not rapey yeah. at all. <laughs> no not creepy at all not rapey not creepy at all she's she's gonna be fine i mean john candy's not gonna rape her she's just gonna give her some candy little girl <laughs> <laughs> that was such, a, such an automatic <laughs> Uh, yeah, so then now we get to the part you were talking about earlier. The bandits figure out Kev is home alone. Ah, the title, they said it. So after seeing him cut down a tree, they start to spy on him where Kevin isn't aware. He cut down a tree on his own, and he brings it into the house. And they're like, hey, this fucking kid is cutting down his own Christmas tree. Shouldn't a dad be doing that or whatever, the parents? He, he right? actually says, I think we're getting scammed by a kindergartner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he brings it into the fucking house, and they they spy him. You see them through the window as Kev's trimming the tree, right? And yes. Through the window, and he sees them. He sees the re- he looks at the reflection in one of the Christmas balls, and he says, "Dad, can you come help me?" And they, they know at this point, like the kid's full of shit. You know, yeah. there's nobody home. So they then he overhears them plan to. They say, "All right, we're gonna break in at nine o'clock on the dot." Like he goes. To like find out where back to their van or something, right? Then he overhears them, right? That's what happens, right? Which, by yeah. the way, and I've said this before when we were watching it, they are very punctual. They are on oh, the dot. <laughs> they they are fucking so punctual, and so is Kevin because after he goes to seek out sage uh, advice from old man Lincoln Jedi in the fucking <laughs> church, they kind of like make amends or whatever. They yeah, he he shows up in the church or something. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, they get to talking. He's like, oh, he's not such a fucking creepy guy after all. So. That's a plot device later on in the movie, apparently. So then he then maps out an elaborate plan. He has, what, like two hours to do this fucking plan? To, to mm-hmm. get this two hours and he gets it done with, with just enough time to make himself Stouffer's mac and cheese because nothing fucking comes closer to home. Right. And at the, also the mac and cheese, because I know that I had notes somewhere in there. I'm, I was, I'm all over the place. But <laughs> I know that he goes to the grocery store by himself and he bought laundry right. detergent and he bought little, uh, he bought the little army men. He bought the, all these little things that would obviously yeah. end up being in his little, you know, his, uh, his, his fucking, I don't know, his, his toy mousetrap version of right. Harry and Marv. And uh, yeah, because he got the Stouffer's mac and cheese. It was on sale. He uses fucking coupons. He's better than I am. And it looked like when he was done with it, microwaving it, it looked like from the right from the fucking commercial. Like it looked perfect. It looked like a perfect bowl of it mac and delicious. cheese. A lot of dairy amazing. though. He had a cup of milk and mac and cheese. I'm like, yeah. this kid is this kid's gotta be fucking constipated at this yeah. point, but whatever. He's gonna be taking fucking like colace and like fucking X Lax <laughs> later, loosen those fucking shits up. But yeah, no, before that, you were right. He was going to the store. He was acting like an adult. He was learning self-reliance. He came home. He screamed at his fucking furnace, shut up. Like, just leave me alone. He was <laughs> he was growing up. But anyway, so now it's nine o'clock, all right? The fucking alarm goes off. The clock goes ding, ding. It's nine o'clock. Time for us to enter the fray. So we got a bunch of shit to break down because this these traps that he set are fucking highly deadly. Deadly fucking traps. Yeah, I have the breakdown of every... Thing, so I don't know in what order we're going to do this, so but I have I'll, it in a chronological order. I'll just order. start reading, and you could just jump in. I'll read one, and you just jump in with yours. I'll do a one at a time, because there's a lot, folks. So, first of all, Kevin just puts, like, ice water on the steps, right? On, mm-hmm. like, the front steps and back steps for Harry and Marv to slip on them, right? As deadly appetizers to start it off. Um, Let me see. Hold on. I have the, the BB gun to, uh, to Harry's crotch. Well, that's that's when he um he touches the door. And then he goes, he puts his head in the, uh, the, 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 like the doggy door type thing. Is it a yeah. doggy door or a kitty door? No, By the way, do they have any animals? I forgot if they have animals or not. 
No, huh. they, you know, I don't, I don't think that family, they can't pay attention to their own fucking kids. Can you imagine if they had animals? So why do they have a dog? Oh, wait, the tarantula. The tarantula. They have a tarantula. Yes, they have the tarantula, a fucking pet, yeah, tarantula and a fucking geranium thing. But don't they have, doesn't Marv put his head through the doggy door and then he gets shot? Yeah, so, so I have the BB gun to Harry's, Harry's crotch. I don't know. We might have to fact check that. But Kevin does shoot Marv in the forehead. That I have when yes. he puts his head through the door. Yeah, so, I don't know, it's bothering me that there was no pet, but he had the thing to the, the fucking doggy door. But anyway, so then, yeah, he enters the bit, and then also, when they, they then they go to, to touch the, the doorknobs, and it's hot, right? Because he fucking, he heats them with, like, irons or some shit like that, like fucking coals. Yeah, there, that's a couple ones down. I have that, so after that, uh... Kevin shoots Marvin in the forehead. I have that the wet bandits go towards the front. I think that's that's when the ice steps happen. Right. Uh, so the ice steps going down. Marv, when he's when Marv's trying to go in the basement, he goes down the stairs. Right. Uh, the light switch iron goes to Marv's face at that point. Yes, after he enters the basement, he finally enters. He pulls mm-hmm. the fucking light switch. The iron fucking pummels him in the face. By the way, folks, these people should be on their way to the hospital right now because <laughs> you have a fucking right now. You have a concussion. With a side of fucking uh, back uh, spasm, so yeah, pretty much. And then, ha- and then Harry's hand—that—that's when it's the yes. heated doorknob with the infamous M, the M that you're gonna see in Home Alone too. So he's branded fucking Macaulay Macaulay Culkin branded him literally, no, not literally, but <laughs> branded him with an M. Yes, with an M. Literally fucking like so. Now he he owns Joe Pesci. He pretty much is, he makes him his bitch, and then after that. After fi- Harry finally gets his hand cooled off and whatever, he finally makes it into the door, right? He gets in, and then only to have his fucking hat lit a fire with a fucking flamethrower. A flamethrower. Yes. Yeah, and while Harry is getting flamethrown on the head, we have oh. Marv who does make it through the basement. So there's char on the steps, but he also gets a nail straight through the foot oh, at the same yeah, time. I forgot about that. Yes, the nail right in the fucking foot. And he just screams out in pain. Now we're dealing with fucking tetanus because now <laughs> he, you know, now we're under tetanus and also the flamethrower. On the, and we also have a fifth degree burn. So we mm-hmm. have here, if you're tallying these up, we have a fucking a bunch of different fucking injuries. There's a bunch. There's a, and it gets worse, folks. It just gets worse. It so does. now we have Harry's head is on fire. He fucking puts it out <laughs> in well, the fucking on. snow. Harry, Harry gets another one. Harry, um, he has he walks into a glue trap and he's feathered. So the fan turns on and he's feathered That's... after that as well. <laughs> He's feathered. He gets fucked. He looks like a fucking chicken now. Mm-hmm. And it's just ridiculous. And then. Well, actually, so now at this point, Marv steps on the ornaments through the window. He decides to go through the window when he yes. steps on the ornaments. And when he walks in, though, at this point, <laughs> when he walks in, he looks at Harry. He says, why the hell are you dressed as a chicken? <laughs> <laughs> so they finally meet up. They finally meet up. That's right. They both step on toy cars. So um, toy cars. Kevin has just- toy cars set up. Um, but then at that point, that's when both the paint cans go to the face at that point, at the bottom yeah, of the that, stairs. The paint cans, yeah, they go right to the fucking face. It's just ridiculous. And they just get hammered, like both of them, and they just go fucking flying. So now we're dealing with multiple multiple <laughs> contusions here. It's not even not even a first level. It's like multiple contusions. So I feel like I'm like playing doctor right now. It's ridiculous. They slip on the micro machines. Mm-hmm. And this these traps are right out of a fucking Vietnam veteran's nightmares. Like he it's like you're in fucking you Charlie's up in the trees and you gotta fucking watch <laughs> out and the Viet Cong army's coming to get you. I mean, if Kevin's you, a young John Rambo on Suicide Watch. It's fucking ridiculous. If you think about it, I would have PTSD from this if I were them from this yeah. kid. Oh, and absolutely. I mean 
we're not even fully done yet. Uh, so oh. they both fall on. There's like, I'm, you know what? Just to make it more brutal, I'm going to say that he had piano wire upstairs. But they both. Because <laughs> he's a fucking hitman. He's like an assassin. Well, again, he probably borrowed it from his father. If we're going to play that game. Ah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. They Mob. both fall on the wire. So this is when, uh, they, so uh, Marv grabs uh, Kevin by the foot and the tarantula happens to be walking by. Yes. So he takes the tarantula and he puts it on Marv's face where he fucking screams this blood curling scream. Uh, now, here's the fact that I happen to know. Um, so that scene that we shot, Daniel Stern, who plays him, who's a phenomenal fucking actor, he actually did that scene with tarantula on his face completely silent. And then he ad-libbed the scream after the editing so that it obviously looked like he's screaming because the tarantula could have gotten scared and that probably could have been a whole other problem <laughs> uh yeah so, yeah if you notice it's a little delay there that's probably what it's from yeah so i mean but if you think about it, he sold it like i thought he was really screaming so he did yeah. you know he does that and uh the tarantula ends up on harry's chest yeah. so marv hits him with a crowbar <laughs> you know obviously <laughs> yes because of course that's what you do you, when you whenever you see a tarantula in your home folks you get a crowbar it's the only way to kill it that's its weakness yeah. fucking and metal then, by the way the tarantula just goes off into the sunset we never see him again we don't know how he is we don't know how oh, he's doing he's fine he's all right he'll live he'll live unlike these fucking bandits who should be dead nine times over already <laughs> right and then and then this is when it turns into like the treehouse of horrors because uh kevin well, zip lines yeah. the treehouse so well, before he does that doesn't he say like are you thirsty for more like a sadistic fucking bloodlust and they chase him oh yeah well yeah he's got a lot of those little one-liners again he's been watching you know angels with filthy soul so he's got all right. these like he's got him in their in his pocket man he's got all oh, these yeah. like yeah you like it when i fuck you in the okay maybe they're not that kind of movie but got, <laughs> that's a sequel <laughs> <laughs> just he's got these one-liners of just he's piece of fucking asking for it he's begging yeah. for him to be chased which is oh just yeah creepy. but yeah in a weird way but yes yeah, so then you said we're going to the treehouse right yeah he... so he's flying to the treehouse and it doesn't have any ladders or steps and it's apparently the most dangerous fucking treehouse for a nine-year-old <laughs> period and the so keep in mind this is happening upstairs on like a top floor okay so he's ziplining across and the bandits are climbing out on the same rope to the treehouse to get kevin because you know there's no way to this fucking thing you know it's not like they couldn't i don't know have gone downstairs and tried to climb the tree let's just go across a fucking rope that the kid just you know just went across like he's not going to set you up oh there's a rope here and he just went across this rope oh there maybe uh we could do it too yeah it's not yeah. gonna happen this isn't a trap or anything and uh, then clearly. kevin pulls out a pair of ever scissor hand size, size <laughs> shears and he cuts the rope and they obviously crash into the side of the house because these oh. chuckleheads are you know so now climbing. we're dealing with uh, a quadruple level contusion along with a nose breaking fucking limbs dislocate yet these fucking people that are superheroes because their superpower is being indestructible apparently at this point they should either be in a coma or it's like the ghost of christmas present and they're dead and it's their ghost because <laughs> they should be dead at this point they really should but somehow the bandits survive this onslaught and they end up catching kevin eventually finally and they hang him up by the back of his uh, his shirt on the fucking door hanger and he's saved by old man lincoln which was the whole church scene before kind of like exposition he saves the day by bashing bandits with his murder shovel so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then also another fucking random tidbit for you guys. When they hang him up, when they hang Kevin up on like I guess it was like a door frame in the kitchen. This is the neighbor's house at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah, and yeah, Joe Pesci actually in one of the scenes bit his finger. Until this day, Macaulay Culkin has a scar on his finger because of Joe Pesci biting it and actually making the kid bleed. 
Oh, wow. You see, folks, this is 1990. If you try biting a kid's finger in 2019, even if you're fucking acting, you're going away for a long, long time. This also proves that Joe Pesci is a, is a method acting, you know, a professional. He decided to bite a kid's finger. I would be my motherfucker. I mean, it makes sense. Fricker fracker. Yeah, absolutely. Fricker fracker, you know, pretty much it. So after this, the uh, cops come, they take away the bandits and uh, they call the cops and everything. So now the, the heroic music is playing. They're all the, boy, the wet bandits get taken away and, you know, the night's over pretty much. Then we go to the next morning and uh, finally the mom returns home uh, f- first uh, after like, you know, it's Christmas morning. She, she sees her son first and she's all like, they all hug each other and whatever. And, and they all are just saying, she goes, Oh, I'm so sorry for being the shittiest mom in the universe. And, (laughs) and, but this is what bothers me though. Two minutes later, the whole rest of the family just fucking walks in. Right. Yep. And, and they're like, and then the dad fucking says to the, like, she mom's like, well, how'd you guys get here so quick? And then he was like, well, you know, if you would have waited an hour long, Longer for that other flight that you know we could have waited for you know you could have been home with us instead of bumming it with uncle buck you know i mean i don't know does that that happen i mean am i just imagining it no that did happen but i think for me it was like one of those like oh kate another one of your bad decisions again like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah at that point though they probably didn't want to like listen like just just like you know what just do your own thing because you're just terrible you're just you're just right i i think it was like listen you're gonna do what you want to do and it's gonna be the wrong thing and no matter what you do we're gonna end up still being there at the same time so i think if anything it validated that she does not make good decisions just in general that whole family doesn't make good decisions but (laughs) she just makes the shittier of the the, of the shitty decisions yes absolutely (laughs) yeah and then i i also thought for you know we're obviously we're at the end of the movie kumbaya you know blah 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 family i will say though that even from the beginning up until now it's kind of like even with buzz it was kind of like hey uh you know it's a good job like you know taking care of yourself while you're some whatever bullshit line that he gave he was like no he said good job not burning the house yeah like not burning the house down so even like that passive aggressive shit yeah like he's on the same level as uncle frank buzz buzz go fuck himself i hate buzz i hate uncle frank they're all your fucking dickheads so yeah yeah. yeah, they're just the they're just not a good fucking family. They're like, typical just, bully asshole degenerates. They're, they're asshole. Oh, I hate them. <laughs> actually, Kevin is the product of that type of environment. If you think about it from a socio aspect, like, oh, I'm like, okay, that really kind of makes sense. No, he really is. But I mean, I guess the theme of this movie is besides having the shit living with the shittiest family in America and that Americans are just terrible. Be careful what you wish for. And sometimes family is important no matter how annoying they can be. And always have enough complex traps in your house in case any wet pussy bandits come a knocking. I mean, (laughs) maybe, maybe. But now if we apply it to today's standards, like for me, I'm like, if my family was that toxic, I would not be like giving them fucking hugs and shit at the end of the movie. I would be like, all right, you guys left me home alone. Bye. I wrote you out of the will. Goodbye. I honestly think, yeah, you're right. You're onto something there. You know what, though? This kid, though, throughout the entirety of the movie, he's having such a, I want to call it Stockholm Syndrome with his family because his family's gone, but yet he constantly misses them, even though he says he hates them and he wants to get out. Like, this kid kept, kept, he made me feel like once he turns fucking 18, like, he's out the door. Like, he doesn't want to see his family for the rest of his life. Yet, when they're gone for, like, an hour, he's like, Mom, I miss you. 
Well, he's also a kid. So let's look at it from the realism point of view. So he's a kid. He misses his mommy. I get it. When I was nine, I missed my mom, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I think from a realistic point of view, like if we try to apply this lesson to everyone, I'm kind of, again, weird mentality. But I'm kind of like, if my family fucker forgot me, you better believe when I was 18, they all would have been wrote the fuck off. Mind you, this is movie number one. These motherfuckers did it twice. If he didn't get emancipated at this point... You know? No, it's absolutely true. But yeah, he's a fucking like he's an eight year old going on like fifty three because he has these genius fucking ideas, these sadistic fucking ideas. But yeah, at the same time, he's a little kid. He has that like kid mentality and it flashes back every now and then. But uh, I, don't I don't know. But I, I I was gonna say I, the one thing I will say is that. I would hope that this would between movies one and two. If this, uh, listen, guys, we know it's a fucking movie. We we get it. Okay, we're not fucking dumb. But can you imagine the amount of like leverage you would have as a kid of like, hey, mom, I want this new Walkman at the time. No, Kevin, you're not getting it. Remember that time you left me home alone? Do you remember that, or do I gotta call <laughs> Officer Ballsack and let him know? <laughs> Officer Ballsack, yes. It's like, yeah, you know, remember that time you went to France? And you forgot something that was alive and breathing and, you know, that you, you, you popped out of your fucking birth canal. Yeah. 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 Remember, remember that, time? that time that Tim. The first Curry, time. The first yeah. Time. Remember when Tim Curry fucking he scared me and I ran away into the streets of New York. And then remember that time when <laughs> Uncle Tim Frank Curry touched put on me? a clown no. outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Uncle that Frank's time? a diddler, but that's another story. <laughs> oh, yeah. You fucking degenerate asshole. Absolutely. But if you had to score this movie on a one to five. What would you score it? Considering that I fucked up the entire <laughs> lineup of this movie. Oh, wait till we get to the next one. I'm the one that's going to be fucked, but go ahead. <laughs> but, but I hope that the listeners are listening to an edited version because I fucked it up. But um, I would probably give it for myself. I'm going to say a three out of five. For this, again, it's nostalgia, and it's one of those movies. It's the first one. It was the introduction to the whole kind of like, christmas movie modern christmas movie for me at the time because i don't like ugh, i don't like the movie the, uh, a christmas story i don't fucking acknowledge that movie at all yeah, I so to that either. yeah so like to me this was like the, the 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 mecca or the beginning of the interest for me this and christmas vacation but uh yeah no three out of five because again uh listen you the way that we're dissecting this guys we understand it's, it's a fucking movie we get it we're kind of breaking it down from a like a humorous point of view but from a satire appreciating it for what it is it is a good movie it is a, it's a good movie it's a movie that we tend to watch once a year because it's it's christmas it has a place in time and um yeah i just it's just one of those it, it's it's a good fucking movie it's a good yeah. movie but at the end of the day it just makes me realize that my parents weren't so shitty because they never forgot me at the same time <laughs> never forgot you and not only didn't forget you like didn't like go to the corner store and forget you didn't go like you know <laughs> to work and forgot they fucking went like 8,000 miles away or where the fuck they went. You know, I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm on the same level as you. I'm going to give it three geeky, geeky uh, three geekitos out of, out of five. And a geekito, folks, is... What's a geekito? It's a, what the it's a burrito blessed in the church of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> it's a geekito. Hold on, hold on. I did not agree to this because you're <laughs> the Star Wars fan. <laughs> it's a geekito. No. I can't even say it. It's, it's you can't say that three times too fast, right? But yeah, yeah I'll give it a three. I, I thought it was good. It was a charming little movie. If you, if you don't if you don't dig into the the psychology behind it, it's a it's a really good wholesome Christmas movie. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great Christmas movie. It's one that has to be watched and consumed. I mean, it's not a movie that I would want to watch outside of Christmas time. Even though, again, there's Christmas in July shit that happens on TV now. But that's oh, that's nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but... No, I, it, it's a it's 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 a good movie. And to be honest, the first Home Alone is not my favorite. I prefer Home Alone two. I'm a little biased. Which spoiler alert. <laughs> Coming soon, or next week, we are going to tackle, uh, as an obvious at this point, Home Alone 2. Yeah. So, yeah, so let us know what you guys think. If you want, if not, that's fine, too. Yeah, please but don't that's... tell me, because I fucked this one up <laughs> big time. That's okay, that's all right. The magic editing fairy will take care of that, hopefully. Yeah. So, anyway, this was Home Alone. This was week one of our uh, holiday countdown. Countdown to the 20 whatever, whatever days, the three, four weeks till Christmas. Till Santa fucking comes down our chimneys naked with the uh, fucking presents and raids our fridge. So, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I was like, is that what he does at your house? Uh, does, does he do that at everybody's house? No? Oh, right. no. I, I, I think there's a lot of splaining going on in your house. Oh, that, that's maybe why he asked me to put on my mom's, like, nightgown. That might, <laughs> you know, I thought he just wanted, I thought he was just very fashionable. <laughs> well, listen, we'll find out more what happens with our Christmas episode when Grey Talon is apparently diddled by Santa. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Coming in the next few weeks. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, as always, for stopping by, folks. Uh, next week, like I said, it's, it's going to be Home Alone 2. We're going to do that here. We're going to break it down, hopefully, without fucking up the order, because that one's even more probably all over the place. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, thanks for stopping by, as always. You guys have a great day, night, and life, and we'll catch you next time. Adios. Adios.